to the Mass Device Fast Five, my tech news podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We have one earnings story today, as per usual, keeping it to the bare minimum, but we also have some interesting wearable news and even a big acquisition. So, Sean, why don't you give us a little rundown of what we'll talk about today? Well, we've got news about Movano submitting its smart ring for FDA clearance. Henry Schein is acquiring a company for home care products. Vicarious Surgical looks set to raise some money. Smith & Nephew announced that its CFO would step down and outset medical pause shipments for Tableau accessories. Let's just jump right into it. What's the first thing that we should know for today? Sure. Movano submits its smart ring for pulse oximetry to the FDA for clearance. The company unveiled this ring wearable technology last year, and I think it's another really cool innovation in the wearable space. Definitely. And what is that smart ring? So it's called Eevee. It was designed for women's health specifically, but it offers intelligence and comfortability in a sleek appearance of a ring that goes on your finger. It provides users with medical-grade health data for translation into personalized insights delivered through a mobile app. It offers measurements for resting heart rate, heart rate variability, respiration rate, skin temperature variability, period and ovulation tracking, menstrual symptom tracking, activity profile like steps, active minutes, and calories burned, like a normal sort of Fitbit or Apple Watch type thing, sleep stages and duration and mood tracking, delivering it all through that mobile application. Obviously, the first application that the company is looking to pursue is pulse oximetry. What clinical performance aspects were evaluated for that FDA submission and how did the company perform in these tests? So the main aspect of the submission comes in the form of clinical performance for the ring. At the end of 2022, the company completed a successful pivotal hypoxia trial to evaluate the accuracy of EV's blood oxygen saturation or SpO2 measurements. Comparing the ring to arterial blood gas data, EV achieved a 2% margin of error which lands well below the FDA guidance of 3.5%. A separate non-clinical test evaluated pulse over the range of 40 to 240 beats per minute as well, and EV's margin of error was one beat per minute, also bettering the guidelines from the FDA. And what did the CEO say? John Master Tataro, the CEO of Movano Health, said that the first submission marks a momentous milestone for Movano and sets the stage for future filings. The effort associated with becoming a medical device company is certainly significant, he said, but they believe it's a highly competitive differentiator and a strong asset when compared to existing wellness solutions. They also expect it to enable significant partnership opportunities with healthcare and other enterprises. What's the next thing that we should know for today? Henry Schein plans to buy Shield Healthcare in a home care products play. The company has been very active on mergers and acquisitions and partnerships and things like that, and here's another avenue it looks to go down. So how does this acquisition fit into Henry Sheen's strategic plan? The company says it views the move as a boost to its commitment to facilitating a continuum of care delivery model. And what types of medical products will be included in Henry Sheen's home care products catalog after this acquisition is completed? Company's home care products catalog is set to include a wide array of products like incontinence, urology, ostomy, enteral nutrition, advanced wound and diabetes supplies, as well as continuous glucose monitoring devices. So wide range of stuff there. Henry Sheen has in the past been like this really big dental purveyor. So this is definitely an interesting new move for it to make. What were the financial details of the deal? They actually didn't reveal some of the financial details, but the company expects it to be neutral to its non-GAAP earnings per share this year and then a credit thereafter. 
it expects to finalize the acquisition in the third quarter of 2023. And now we have some surgical robotics news. That's right. Vicarious Surgical looks to raise $45 million from public offering. So on the back of some good news last week, the company should have some more funds to play with. So what's included in that offering and when does it close? It includes 45 million shares of Class A common stock priced at $1 per share. The company also granted underwriters a 30-day option to purchase up to an additional 6.75 million shares of common stock. Before deducting discounts, commissions, expenses, Vicarious expects $45 million in proceeds, assuming no exercise of that option, so it could be more. The company expects to close the offering on or about August 7th, so just a few days. So I know the company didn't disclose the intended use of the funds, but we know Vicarious is a surgical robotic purveyor. Can you give us a little bit about Vicarious's background and even some of the positive news you mentioned that it has had in recent months? Sure. So just to go about describing what the company does, the surgical robot approach uses proprietary human-like surgical robots to transport surgeons inside the patient to perform minimally invasive surgery. Now, the latest news is obviously in a string of positive news for Vicarious. Now, despite failing to reach Wall Street expectations in its recent quarterly results, just last week, the company announced a promising update for that surgical robot platform. Just in April, it completed a design freeze for the first version of that system. Integration and the build of systems remains on track for the fall of this year, and having received some input from the FDA, Vicarious actually expects to begin first-in-human trials in mid-2024 and then file for de novo clearance in fiscal 2025. So the company sort of laid out its roadmap to getting that robot to market in just a couple of years, and now this money, you would imagine, should at least help some cover some of that. For sure. Now let's move on to that earnings story that we have for today. That's right. So Smith & Nephew's chief financial officer is set to step down, although the company increases revenue guidance, so a mix of news within its quarterly results. And some of the big news here is obviously the CFO planning to step down. Can you provide some insights into the CFO's tenure at the company? Yeah, so CFO Anne-Francois, and I apologize, Anne, if I get this very wrong, but Nesme will step down during the second quarter of 2024. And the board of Smith & Nephew has initiated an external search for a successor. She joined Smith & Nephew as CFO in 2020, so she's been there a few years. Previous roles included CFO at Merlin Entertainments and Decra Pharmaceuticals. She also spent 16 years at GlaxoSmithKline. And obviously, as you mentioned, this came at the same time of the company's earnings. So why did the company increase its guidance So yeah, Smith & Nephew now expects between 6% and 7% revenue growth this year, up from previous projection of 5% to 6%. Deepak Nath, the CEO, said that the company's financial performance gave it the confidence to increase that guidance. And what was that financial performance? So the company's year-over-year revenue growth was 6.6% to nearly $1.3 billion for the second quarter, although trading profit was down about 5.5% year-over-year to $417 million over the course of the first half of this year. Now let's move on to the last story that we have for today. Outset Medical paused shipments for a certain Tableau accessory as it awaits FDA clearance. So this is another shipment hold for Outset Medical, which also dealt with a stoppage last year. Can you explain the reason for that shipment hold? Yeah, so the company paused shipments for the Tableau cart with pre-filtration and accessory for the Tableau system. The company said the shipment hold is pending FDA clearance, which it plans to submit later this month. So this could play out very quickly if all goes to plan. 
News of the shipment hold follows last month's announcement of an FDA warning letter for Tableau that included an observation asserting that Tableau cart with prefiltration required a prior 510k clearance for marketing authorization that it didn't have. The company had previously launched it in the third quarter of 2022. How might this regulatory process affect the company's operations and financial results? When the company received the warning letter, it said that Tableau cart sales had remained immaterial to its financial results. I mean, they only started about a year ago. So the company reaffirmed its revenue guidance in its recent financial results. So the hold shouldn't have a terribly negative impact, but it did say that it expects sales to come in at the low end of those projections because of the Tableau cart proceedings. So a slight impact, but nothing, nothing major to worry about, I'd say. Gotcha. Can you elaborate on the unique features of Tableau and how it differentiates from other dialysis systems in the market? Tableau is FDA cleared for dialysis treatment use from the hospital to the home, a single enterprise solution that can go across the continuum of care, allowing dialysis to be delivered anytime, anywhere, and by anyone. The system effectively serves as a dialysis clinic on wheels with two-way wireless data transmission and a proprietary data analytics platform that powers this sort of holistic approach to dialysis care. I can say, personally, I've seen the Tableau cart uh, in person at Device Talks West last year when I was at medical, was kind enough to do a little presentation on it. And it's it's an unsuspected, you wouldn't look at it and say, oh, this is revolutionary, but it, they sort of opened it up and showed you all the features. It's quite an innovative at-home dialysis care. So I'm sure a lot of people who rely on it will be happy to see when Tableau Cart with prefiltration gets back on the uh, on the market. Well, that's all the news that we have for this Friday episode. Thanks, Sean, for coming on and giving us your insights and expertise on the industry. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn, Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. What about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mastervice Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us next week for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.